Hi, this is Annie Fox with Family Confidential, Secrets of Successful Parenting. My guest today is Tiffany Schlein. Honored by Newsweek as one of the women shaping the 21st century and singled out by NPR on their list of best commencement speeches ever, Tiffany Schlein is a filmmaker, founder of the Webby Awards, author, and speaker whose work explores navigating our connected world and thoughts on how to shape our future. Hi, Tiffany. Welcome to Family Confidential. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Happy yes. to talk to you. Oh, yes, likewise. Um, so I, uh, you sent me an email a while ago about um, your technology Shabbat thing, and I thought, okay, um, I'm feeling a little overplugged in here. Um, for those listeners who don't know the term Shabbat, it means Sabbath or a day of rest, a day away from technology. Sounded pretty good to me. And so I tried it, and wow. I love not not logging in for an entire 24 hours. So I wanted to ask you, because um, I know you've done this with your family for a while now, how you got the idea for the need for this um, and uh, how your family is doing with it. Well, we're on our fifth year of doing it. So every week we take one day off of all screens and I love it. It's probably the best thing I've ever done in my life. And it came from uh, kind of a, hard period for my family where my father was dying and um it just you know when you are with someone that's really ill and they have just one good hour a day you want to be present and so we would just turn off our phones when we were with him and I just realized how much I wanted more um presentness in my family life and um it just wasn't feeling right how much everyone was on the screen so um, my husband and children, you know, we did it as a group and I, my children now are five and 11. A lot of people want to know that. And it's the best day of the week. It's just like, I feel like it, and there is this thing about it happening every week that it grounds us and refocuses everybody. And, um, it's just this deliciously long day that everyone's just hanging and no one's trying to get someone off of a screen and, and I kind of look forward to it every week as much as I, and I love to work and I, I love what I do and I love being online. So it's not like I, I just don't like it too much. And I, I feel like it has re, re kind of reset me and each week it does that. Now you say you started this five years ago, which if I do my math right, um, your little one was a year old at that time, probably wasn't doing too much social media stuff at that time. She was just, yeah, she was yeah. We're all yeah. just starting our fifth year. Yeah. And your, and your other one was six. Yeah. So, but yeah. was TV. I mean, listen, Saturday morning cartoons were a big thing in my house. Right. Right. And also just the cell phones and, you know, the screens go everywhere and kids want to grab your parents' phone. And so basically for Friday night for Shabbat, we're Jewish, but we're not religious, but we do do Shabbat every Friday. We say the blessings, we turn off the screens and, um, you know, and I hear when Odessa talks about it with her friends now, because she's 11, you know, she's a tween, if I can use that word. Yeah, you can, officially. Um, you know, she said, it really relieves her. She said, I don't feel like I need to be doing anything else. And you don't need to be getting back to anyone else. It's like you're holding people away from who the people are right in front of you. And I just came back from a week vacation where I wasn't online. 
And it was like, no one is going to affect this week. I'm not letting the thousands of people I normally let in to influence my moods, whether with good things or exciting things or stressful things or bad things or, you know, and so it's like you get more, I feel like I had, have more kind of control with my peacefulness for a day or just with myself, just to think my own thoughts or to hear my children's thoughts or like, there's nothing distracting me. It's really interesting that you say that you say I have more control over who I let in, who and what I let in and how it affects my moods. Um, I think because of the addictive nature of this online connection we have, I'm often, um, I kind of lose sight of how much control I have. You know, it's like, oh, the, oh, the, the next thing to check, the next link to follow, the next, oh, and then I have an idea and I want to look something up and it, it, it's totally endless. And so, and so you kind of, you can lose yourself so easily down the rabbit hole and, and forget that, wait a minute, I, I can close this thing. I, I can get up and go for a walk and do something else. Well, I think, uh, we're just, we're working on an episode um about social media right now and you know that saying that you're the combination of the five people you spend the most time with have you ever heard of that no i haven't i like it but that you're so influenced by the people that you're around right mm-hmm. i mean it's just nature we're all influenced by each other and that if you if you extrapolate that out to social media you're very influenced on who you follow and who you're letting into your thoughts. And sometimes if I check a news feed, the last one I saw will enter into my dream. Suddenly that person's in my dream. I'm like, am I dreaming about that person? I vaguely know that I went to school with in fifth grade or whatever. <laughs> and I've spent a lot of real conscious effort in the last couple of years to really curate my feed. Like who you can still be friends with someone, but you don't need to follow their every moment. And, um, I'm not as curated on Twitter. I like leaving it a little bit more open because it's, it's to me more random. I like the randomness of it, mm-hmm. but Facebook, I'm very curated. And I think people need to understand that, that they have the power because all these people are influencing you. And, you know, um, somebody on my team said, sent this thing around called single tab Thursday about just like focusing on one thing. And of course, I love the kind of stream of consciousness nature that we finally created our work environment because our mind wants to roam around and we've suddenly created this interface for a lot of roaming. But the downfall of that is, um, you know, not being as purposeful. Yeah. And so, um, I'm very interested in people feeling empowered to curate, who they follow. And, and you know, the whole uproar over the Facebook experiment. Mm-hmm. What did you think about that? Well, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about Facebook in general when I think about that stuff. And I'm thinking about how um, we just need these wake up calls. I mean, for you to say in your family, for example, that, um, okay, sun's going down Friday night and, and we are consciously doing this. There's no, there's no push pull anymore because we we've made it a routine. It's part it's part of what we do, like brushing our teeth before we go to bed. And yeah. and so when when you make the space for that routine and ritual, there is no inner conflict. Yes, that's right. I I need and I need that, and I kind of understood that I needed that. And even you know you deal with a lot of teenagers, oh, yeah. and you know 
my daughter was graduating from fifth grade and everyone was getting their kids' cell phones. And I am a working mom, so she is going to be walking to school by herself. I'm with her friends, but I would like a text when she arrives. And mm-hmm. So, but I went through a lot of inner conflict about the cell phone because I love, she reads like four hours a day and she's very in her imagination and her mind. And I didn't want to ruin that. And, um, you know, I, I think with Facebook, you know, we were just talking about it with my film team. When you're following too many other feeds, you're, you, you suddenly get lost in other people's lo- moments. And, and it doesn't make you feel good, actually. It's not. Yeah. It, do- it doesn't make you feel good. And yet, again, there's that addictive quality that, well, let me just, you know, I'll look one more. It, it's as if we've forgotten, really, that we are separate from this stuff because we're so immersed in it. So I'm thinking, um, because most of my listeners or viewers at this point are um, parents of tweens and teens, can imagine instituting something like a technology Shabbat cold turkey at this point in their lives when they are so inculcated with, with this um, digital connection to their peers and how important it is to our kids to, to get that kind of sense of tribe from, from their peers. Um, I hope you can offer some yeah, practical, it's like, you're yeah. going to get pushback from your kids. Let's get I, realistic. I just don't buy it. I just rewatched Louis C.K.'s brilliant uh, Conan O'Brien interview about cell phones and teenagers. And okay. Everyone should watch it. Anyone that thinks that they can't do it with their kids as a teenager, watch this five-minute comedy bit that's so truthful that it's like, you're the parent. That's your role right now is you are setting you're trying to institute a moral compass. And if you say as a family, you know what? You're a teenager. I've got a lot of work to do, but we are going to, as a family, commit to being present one day a week and you're going to survive. And I, I guess I just like the, oh, my kids won't like it. They may not, but I love the way you're taking a leadership role in this. I mean, even I mean, people said that when I would just started to do it. Yeah. You know, I guess, I just feel like people need to rise up a little bit. And, and when I say it's the best thing I've ever done as a parent or as a person or as a mother, because it's about me too. It's not just the teenagers. I mean, you know, people are always bitching about their kids, but the kids are like, my parents are always on the phone. We actually did an episode. Any of your listeners should watch. There's two episodes from the future starts here that I think you'll find really interesting. One is called technology Shabbats. And it's my, five minute film, exactly what we do, why we do it. There's neuroscience on what too much um, technology does in your brain in there, but the addiction stuff, the other episodes called tech etiquette and kids feel like their parents are just as distracted as the parents feel by the kids. So we're modeling. Parenting is modeling behavior. So if you're like, Oh, they're not going to want to do it. Well, you know, that's just, it's, I guess it's a ridiculous place to start (laughs) from because in many ways, I really hope and believe that my children, it's so much a part of my 11 year old's identity now that, and she says to people, you know, this is, this is who, what we do. This is what we do. And, she and she too. values the time. Yeah. And so she would not, you know, she would not let herself be influenced by peers who might say, that's a dumb thing to do, or, oh, come on, why don't you sneak it or something like that. She values the time because you have made it an oasis. Well, that's right. And I, I guess that's the advice as I'd say is make it a fun day. And we do make it a fun day and we save things that you wouldn't normally do if you're online for that day. And usually outdoors or we're together or we're, 
playing old fashioned games that are, I don't know. I, it's like a, it's an opportunity to do a lot of things you don't do when you're constantly have a screen. Yeah, no, I think it's awesome. And, and I hope the people who are listening to you will, will take inspiration from it because we could all use a break. And if, if 24 hours seems like too much, then, you know, start slower, (laughs) start with an, an afternoon between 12 and four. This is, you know, as a family, this is what we're going to do. And, and I want parents to think this is, take the point of view, this is not a punishment because maybe some kids might think that. What did I do wrong? How come you're taking this away from me? No, this is a gift. It's a gift. And I, I mean, I think just coming back from a vacation where no one was online for a week and, you know, it's just important to put your mind in a different mind space. Like, is it good for your brain to daydream? To, you know, so much creativity comes from letting your mind wander and not have so much input. We're doing another episode called The Case for Dreaming, which is all about the neuroscience of, you know, there's been a lot of studies. How do you get, you know, more creative ideas, go for a walk, travel, listen to music. You know, there's all these things that are basically letting you wander in your mind. And if you're constantly like looking at a screen and just input, 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 you never give your mind space to daydream. And to just be, put your mind. So if you position it to your children, listen, this is a family experiment. We're going to all do together. It's good for your brain. It's good for your creativity. It's good for your soul, your sense of, and it's going to, and then the other thing at the end of the technology, you kind of reappreciate technology in this incredible way. When the sun goes down or when you go back online of like, how marvelous. I've got a supercomputer in my hands. I can look up thought and link to any idea and contact any person I'm thinking of. And it kind of has this dual benefit of both, you know, letting you be present, wander a bit in your mind and then reappreciate technology. And and while you're wandering, you're appreciating these lovely people who nurture you and support you in so many ways. Um, So we're talking about these episodes. Let's let our listeners in on what it is we're talking about. I know that last season you did a series for AOL, and congratulations because you now have a second season of it coming up. Um, Can you tell us about it? Yeah, it's called The Future Starts Here, and season one was eight five-minute episodes about everything from technology shabbats to creativity to tech etiquette to a case for optimism all sorts of things. And then, um, and we were very excited, you know, it was watched, there was over 20 million views and we been renewed for a second season and in season two, which premieres October 23rd, um, we're tackling social media and dreaming and, um, parenting. We actually have an episode. We're trying to still figure out a title, but it's, it's we're thinking the sociology of parentology and it's going to be all about the history of different trends of parenting and, and, what is it like to parent today and what can we learn from the past and what do we need to refine in our own compass on discernment about all these different trends happening with parenting. And, and then we're also working another film that I think your listeners would be interested in on that, you know, we did the science of character, which you helped us on. We're so yes. grateful for your counsel. Oh, my pleasure. And that was an eight minute film we premiered this year on what we called character day, which we had over 1500 schools and organizations around the world premiere the film and talk about character development. And next year we're going to do character day. We think in the fall to kind of kick off the school year. And um, we have a new film we're working on called the 21st century brain. And it's all about what skills do you need to flourish in the 21st century, which of course is great for parents to watch because we're all thinking about how can we best prepare our children for this world. 
So it'll explore that also. And would you say these episodes um, are good for parents and kids to watch together? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Technology Shabbat and the Tech Etiquette one. Yeah. Also, Motherhood Remixed. Yeah. I mean, we definitely have had viewers of all ages enjoy them. I, I'm always interested in intergenerational conversations. We have a lot of great interns here that every summer we have a, a new group of interns and we love different age interns who give me lots of insights to teenagers and college students. <laughs> I'm always interested in that, you know, different perspective. I mean, that's what's interesting, right? And soon your 11-year-old will cross over into that space herself and you'll have some firsthand at home, under the same roof, <laughs> experiences. With Pretty funny. It's fascinating, yeah. I mean, It is fascinating. Yeah. Really good time. Okay, well, we're about to wrap up, Tiffany. I want to thank you for spending some of your busy day with us. And I uh, also want to give our listeners an opportunity to find out more about your work. Where can they go? Um, they can go to tiffanyschlain.com, and that's just S-H-L-A-I-N, or themoxieinstitute.org. If you just look up Tiffany Schlain Films, there's, and you know, Facebook, we have a really active Tiffany Schlain films and I'm on Twitter where I see you a lot <laughs> um, and also I do a quarterly newsletter called Breakfast at Tiffany's where I feature a lot of uh, books and people and websites and things I think are interesting that I want to share this is great um, thanks again and I'm especially grateful for you turning me on to Technology Shabbat and I hope this um, turns the lights out on the screens for a lot of families this coming week who knows that would be great okay and we actually have a lot of on our site we have kind of deeper how-tos we have a fun info ah, good. on ways to do it lists to make and all that stuff. cool okay yeah. cool. thanks again okay. take care tiffany this is annie fox for family confidential to learn more about my work with tweens teens and parents visit anniefox.com where you can check out my book Teaching Kids to Be Good People, Progressive Parenting for the 21st Century. Hope you tune in next week when my guest will be Michelle Coxford, children's librarian and reading specialist. Michelle and I will talk about how to make your child into a lifelong reader and lover of books. Until then, happy parenting. Happy parenting.